Hello, and this is the Perth Della Prem podcast. This is your host, Mike, and we're back with another live stream. Uh, I'm joined by Michael. I'm joined by Gareth. We're live on Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube tonight, so make sure you get in there with some comments. Um, I've also put a link in the chat as well and on our social media. Uh, if you want to call in, give us your thoughts, You know, show your face for those uh, long, long-time listeners, first-time callers out there. Um, feel free to jump on and, and it'll be good to hear everybody's thoughts and you know you can help direct the stream any way you kind of want. Um, so yeah, we're back again to discuss the World Cup. Uh, plenty happening again as always. Um, looks like uh, Wales are out. A couple of other teams are starting to go out as we kind of head into the knockout stages. So um, what we're going to talk about first is uh, you know, Gareth kind of got me thinking yesterday when he mentioned our little group chat, you know, players who lift their game when playing for their country? Because there's quite a few, you could say, that maybe don't really perform at club level, but, you know, they give their all and, and they're really like that talismanic figure for their club. So ob- the obvious one to kind of start with is probably Gareth Bale. It looks like he's probably just playing for Wales right now as much as anything else. Um, boys, either of you want to chip in with some players who you think kind of lift for their nation? Maybe Mitch Duke we are talking about before. <laughs> uh, I'm going to start with an obvious one. Uh but it hopefully makes a bit more sense these days. Uh, I'm going to start with Ronaldo. Um, so not really what he's, uh, he does on the pitch, his performances, is more on the other side of his game, the leadership side. Um, and you can see that on the touch. If he's on the bench, he's directing traffic. Um, you put him on the bench at Manchester United, he's far from that. Um, he wants to actually go down the tunnel and he, you can see on his face the disappointment of being left out of the 11. Um, if you get sub from his country, it doesn't matter. He's wearing the, uh, the, the Portugal colours. Um, it means the world to him. And I think i uh, touch on, on what you said, uh, Gareth Bale um, for Wales uh, with, with his like, golf um, football, blah, blah, blah. I think uh, Wales comes first and then maybe golf second in that respect. <laughs> uh, what about you, Gareth? I, I'm I'm kind of thinking like Harry Maguire, even. Um, you know, he wouldn't say he's tal- talismanic for England, but like you always say, he doesn't really put a foot wrong when he plays for England. Like he's that real solid force at the back. But you know, at Manchester United, he's under criticism every every other week. So, what do you reckon? <clears throat> yeah, I wouldn't use the word talismanic, but it's going to be a, a bold shout. But at, at previous World Cup and this one. I'd find it hard to find 10 other centre-backs who are better than Harry Maguire for their country. He's he's definitely in the top 10 for me playing for England. I know people are going to laugh with what he's like for United, but for England, he's quality. Um, the other one who I've bagged out a lot, and you know, I don't I don't think he scored a goal this season for Tottenham. And obviously, first game, he scores that worldie for Brazil was Richarlison. Um, so he's another one. So I look at him and I think he shouldn't get anywhere near the Brazil squad, but he obviously turns on a bit. And then... Three African players for me who have all played um, in the Premier League. I think one still does at the moment, and his brother did. Um, so Jordan and Andre Ayew, they just look yep. like completely different players where they play for their country. And the other one is also being helped by Mane being out, so I think the spotlight's on him a bit more. Ishmael Saar. Um, I think we all saw him in the Premier League. He had potential. He almost went to Liverpool, I think, for 40-odd million, but... He never really set the world alight, but he looks dangerous. And as someone, I think, as an England fan, I'm going to be worried about in the next game when we play against him. Yeah, definitely. Um, I reckon with Jordan and um, Andre you though, they're probably just playing with worse players as well. So they probably do stand out a little bit more, but that, that's a fair shout. Um, <clears throat> so Gareth, mate, how are you feeling? England, England through to the round of 16, as expected. 
Um, you know, Jack Grealish said the you know the best thing since yeah the other day against Iran. You know, we were the we were the best thing since sliced bread. You know, scores. Yeah, I'm not sure what he meant to say there. I think I think he must have meant bread, but must have been that uh, that that you know that Birmingham accent there, kind of letting him down. Not the the brightest spark. How you feeling? Yeah, I feel good. Obviously, that USA performance was a little bit dire. Um, questions asked though whether Southgate was happy with the draw because obviously once we got that draw, it was almost nigh impossible that we were not going to go through. Um, again, 45 minutes quite dull last night, but second half we just turned it on. Um, I mentioned to you guys in the chat, like you know, generational talent gets thrown around a lot, especially in the Premier League with some footballers. Um, for England, I think we've got one generational talent, and this player should be starting every single game, and that's Phil Foden. Um, he is just world class. Um, the the run that he had um, before Rashford's free kick, he just completely changed the game because he went direct. Wales couldn't get anywhere near him. Obviously, he scored as well. He's just so good. Like, and I just I really really hope that he plays in the next game and Mason Mount gets nowhere near the pitch, but. I'm feeling hopeful, but um, obviously Senegal are a good team. Um, there always seems to be one African team that seems to go to the quarterfinals or something like that, so hopefully it won't be them. I'm confident we'll get the job done, but obviously there's going to be harder teams to play if we do get through Senegal. I don't, I don't know what you think, but why is Phil Foden not getting in that team? I, I think he's you know head and shoulders above a couple of players that have been playing. I mean, the one, one maybe... I suppose controversial take from from my end is probably I reckon Raheem Sterling's been pretty poor this tournament. It's been pretty average for Chelsea. I'm not just saying that because he's a former City player, but you know his form's been questionable probably for the last eighteen months or so before he's moved to Chelsea as well. You know, is is Gareth Southgate just simply too loyal? Do you reckon? Yeah, look, he has he has his players that he'll pick week in week out, um, and he sticks with them. Uh, I think Sterling, I disagreed saying all tournament because I actually thought he was very good in the first game against Iran, but then I thought the whole kind of attacking side of our game was good. Um, I think if you're picking off performance, um, Sterling doesn't get in ahead of Foden. Mount certainly doesn't. And even Saka, I'd still take Foden over Saka. So there's three positions he should get into the team, in my opinion. Why he's not picking him, I'm not too sure, but I think last night showed that he probably should be playing. And I think Rashford should be playing as well. He's now, what, joint top goal scorer in the tournament. So, yeah, I could easily see Foden playing in the hole or Foden playing out left and Rashford playing as well. So, we'll wait and see. Yeah, I think the most impressive thing about Foden for me as well, just from a City fan perspective, is that, you know, he can play in so many different positions. You know, he's played out of position quite a bit. You know, he's played his youth football as a number 10. Hasn't really played there much at, at senior level. But, you know, last season, you know, you speak about generation. He played left wing, right wing, um, played in midfield at times. He played up front. You know, he's just such a talented player. And I think he's always going to give you a 7 out of 10 wherever he kind of plays. So if I was an England fan, I'd be pretty disappointed that he hasn't really made much of a, you know, he hasn't really appeared too much, has he? As much as we'd certainly expect. And, um, you know, Sergio Aguero said it himself. He's just... He is different gravy, boys. Um, all right, Michael, I'll head over to you, mate. Um, it's a bit hissing over there, so I thought I'd better give you some attention for the hissing snake. Um, you know, coming out to the warmer weather now. So, um, yeah, what do you what do you reckon about Australia's first World Cup win since uh, 2010? I still think the whole setup is a shambles. I'm, I'm pessimism Pissaris here. I, I'm still not 
you know, fully convinced. And I think that papers over a lot of cracks for me. Obviously, Tunisia is not that great. Um, but, you know, a win nonetheless. How are you feeling about that? Yeah, uh, to get the win uh, is massive for the country. Uh, however, the opposition very poor, like you said. Uh, but it, with having France in the group and them uh, winning their both matches that they had, so they're topping the group, and I believe they will top the group if they haven't already, um, Denmark now need uh, all three points in the next game against Australia, which is 11pm our time tonight in Perth. Um, yep. which I'll be watching. Uh, all they need is uh, score draw, um, nil-nil, um, anything just to get through, and they'll scrape through in second group. However, it's going to be difficult. Um, Denmark, they've got nothing to lose now. Um, they, If they score first and they've got something to hold as well, um, I think it'd be really difficult for Australia. Um, their goal in the last game uh, was very lucky. It was, it was a great touch from the Duke. Um, to it uh, back in the midfield, then he made that run into the box. Um, but the cross was deflected and sat up nicely. It was a good header for him, so he made it work well. They did hold on, so that's huge, and that is their first win. Uh, some about 2010, so 12 years, um, which has been a long time coming. I think my biggest concern is tonight is that Graham Arnold, I called him a car salesman in the last podcast because I think that's what he'd be good at, nothing else. Um, you know, I think my biggest concern is they're just going to sit way, way too deep like they did against France and just invite pressure. And I just don't think we're good enough to, you know, hold off for, for 90 minutes and play out for a draw. I think I'd like to see us probably go more on the front foot there and just kind of look to attack. Even if we get an early goal, we've got an early goal against France, obviously got an early one against Tunisia. Um, you know, whether we can do that, that's that's easier said than done. Yeah. But I just think... I, I, I just think... Don't think... Oh, go on, man. Yeah, go. Sorry. Well, I was just saying, I just don't think a defensive approach is really going to work. I mean, um, defense isn't really convincing for me. I mean, um, Atkinson's injured. I don't know if many listeners out there probably know who he is. but And then uh, Karasic came in last game. Um, probably our only decent defender for me is uh, Harry Sutar. Um, he's playing at Stoke at the moment. He did really, really well in that, in that last game. Had a really good um, couple of blocks, but... You know, aside from that, I just don't think we're good enough to set up, you know, and park the bus from the get-go. So that, that's probably my big concern. I don't know what you reckon. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, the thing that gives me a little bit more confidence is that they held on um, to the 1-0 lead and didn't concede and got a clean sheet last game, uh, which which they were a bit shaky at times. I think if it goes anywhere near the 70, 80 minutes and we're still level, um, obviously the tie's in our favour, but the pressure um, they're going to invite on naturally, by the way, I believe they're going to sit deep from Denmark attacking them. Uh, a few shaky moments, even in the last game. Uh, I'm, I'm not confident as a supporter, but you never know. Yeah, absolutely. And um, just, just looking around the World Cup, obviously um, we've got a couple of teams through already. So we've got Netherlands, Senegal, obviously going to play England. Um, England through, as I said, uh, USA as well. Any, any surprises there, um, either of you? Not really a surprise, but I think it was a toss of a coin. Uh, it's a USA um, to get through. Um, Wales on paper easily could have got through, um, but they've taken the advantage. Um, and they, um, Pulisic, um, he's hit a bit of form. Um, just ask you, Gareth, as a as a Brit, uh, do you think Wales underperformed? Can, I mean, they did first World Cup for a long time, but do you think they should have done better in this group? Yeah, it's a hard one, isn't it? Because obviously in the Europe they had such a good run and I was kind of expecting them to continue that and I think they, 
they've really had a, a togetherness in the group. And I know I said previously, I wanted Wales to, to do well. I'd rather Wales do well than, say, other teams, for example. Um, but then they start coming out of all those comments like Kiefer Moore coming out saying, oh, can't wait to knock England out. And they just try to make it about, you know, beating England and, and not being about that United team. I think in the Euros, they weren't like that as much and they just kind of gelled together and played better football. So, yeah, a little bit disappointed with how they played. But, you know, what can you do? It's a World Cup. If you don't perform, you're going to get knocked out. And I think USA, when they, they looked really, really good against England, they battered us, really, for 60-odd minutes. Um, so they could be a dangerous team going forward. Yeah, I think um, just, you know, linking USA and Australia uh, back to each other, I think Australia could really take a, a leaf out of USA's book, to be honest. Um, you know, the way they've grown the game there through the league, uh, marquee signings, you know, pumping money into it just due to the interest. I think we've got similar interest here as well. And... Um, looks like uh, Gareth had a few things to say about uh, Kiefer Moore's comments. So we'll... we'll put up uh you know gareth's player ratings here for the england and wales game you can check that out on our tiktok as well i'm here with my player ratings for england's 3-0 win over wales um gonna make this one a bit quicker so hold back five are all sevens solid game don't have much to do wales were absolutely atrocious um john henderson eight great energy in the midfield jude bellingham seven declan rice seven uh, Harry Kane up top, eight, had a much better game today. Rashford, nine. Foden, nine. We talk about generational talents. There's one in the England team, and it's Phil Foden. He needs to be starting every single game. Uh, all the subs didn't have much time, um, so they can all have sixes. Um, Calvin Phillips, though, can have a seven because his ball over the top for Rashford's second goal was quality. Gareth Southgate, seven out of ten. Solid performance. Um, yeah, didn't mind his team selection either. Oh, and finally, Kiefer Moore. Um, there were some comments that he made before the World Cup. I think his World Cup overall, I'll give him a 0 out of 10. Absolute pants. Absolute pants. <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, Kiefer Moore has come back to bite him there. Um, just a big slab up front. Um, again, just looking around here... Um, Belgium looks like there's a little bit discontent in the camp there. That I think that's a really good talking point. Um, you know, Kevin De Bruyne has come out and he's looked pretty, he's looked pretty, um, you know, riled up throughout the whole tournament from from what I've seen. And there was a photo, I don't know if you boys saw it. Um, they were doing like the team huddle and he kind of just stood there whilst everyone had arms around each other and really embraced each other. And he's just kind of st stood there like a, you know, like a spoiled brat. So, um, what do you reckon about his comments, boys? Uh, you said they're too old, we're not good enough, and 2018 was our last chance. Um, and it looks like they are poss they possibly could miss out. I mean, I think they're too too good to miss out, but definitely, you know, not being good enough this tournament. So either of you want to chime in there? Yeah, I'll go. Um, I, I think I saw a stat they that was their first loss in eight, which was uh, equal record for one of the club um countryside sorry um in international tournaments uh they hit a bit of a brick wall now uh i, I saw a, i saw a little bit of their game actually the other day um yeah it does seem a little bit disjointed doesn't it um a, a bit like the de bruyne's crosses from deep which work at city um weren't coming off in this game um and the, the likes of uh, the and at the back uh four years ago eight years ago 
um, the, like the golden generation, Belgium, and like <laughs> Divock Origi in was at the Euros, who was shining light. Hence, he got signed for um, Liverpool. Um, but Lukaku, they're all getting a bit on. They're all getting a bit slower. Um, there's not much variation in their play. Um, however, I think they can grind out the one nil victories, a two-one victory if need be. Uh, but they're definitely not as fluid as a team like France and Brazil, which is a bit worrying for them. Yeah, it seems like um, you know, kind of every part of the team's having a go at each other. It looks like defense is having a go at midfield, and the attackers are having a go at defense. And so, yeah, it's really strange. Um, I don't know. I I feel like the term golden generation. You look at back at England's one that that they supposedly had and and didn't do too much with after all. You know, do you reckon that maybe uh, Gareth that the golden generation tag is maybe a little bit of a curse? Yeah, I think it's a bit a little bit disrespectful towards um, players previously who played for Belgium and same as England as well. Because you know, yeah, there, there were some really good players, but I don't think that really means anything i think you've got to be able to play as a team just you know look at italy when they won the world cup they you know they had some brilliant players but they played so well as a team same as like germany and spain when they've won it and so yeah that 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 term kind of golden generation i think gets thrown around a little bit and i think it's even now they're struggling because they're still holding on to that like you mentioned the players that are still playing they're all they're all sort of the same they're not really blooding any real young uh, impressive talent so yeah, they're they're in trouble. Uh, I think even Hazard came out to say, uh, came out and said that he's probably never going to produce what he was doing at Chelsea ever again. So, yeah, it doesn't really hold out much hope, especially with those De Bruyne comments as well. Yeah, and um, uh, Michael mentioned Lukaku as well. He's not really kicked on since going back to Inter. He's been injured, had a pretty average season at Chelsea last year. I mean, Eden Hazard, he's he's a shadow of him for myself as well. He's he's just. You know, it's quite sad to see, actually. Um, I think he likes the bread rolls a little bit too much in the pizza. Enjoyed that too much in Spain. Maybe that's not helped. But um, I just reckon Roberto Martinez is probably the worst manager that possibly could have managed this, this great generation of Belgian players. I, don't, I, I just don't think he's good enough. He, he obviously had a, a spell at Wigan, had a spell at Everton. But he's, he's just not good enough. And I know international management, you're not going to get the Pep Guardiola's and Jurgen Klopp's. But... I don't know. I just feel like Belgium have really kind of wasted their golden generation here with with Roberto Martinez. I don't know what you reckon, Michael. I don't know. Wasted is the the right way to describe it. Were they number or for the recent years and the number one uh, ranked team in uh, country football? Uh, the, he's tried to mix it up a little bit, and I think he's picked a bit of form from the Premier League. Like to start from Brighton, he's been playing a little bit. Um, but it doesn't seem uh, like he's been in the fold for long enough where it just seems seamless the way he interplays with the other pl- Belgian players. There's like the names on there, like Axel Witzel, who uh, if you got him FIFA a few years ago, he was a good player, but now he's, like you're saying, he's a shadow of himself. Um, I think their keeper's really good, but there's not much ahead of him. Um, yeah. So you, you can't rely on a keeper like that just to pull out shot stop after shot after shot. Um, he, he should be that last line of the defence. He shouldn't be that lynch, the linchpin holding it all together at the back. Yeah, let, let's be honest though. Vertonghen and Alderweireld, they they probably are past, been past their best for the last three, four years really. I mean, exactly. it's not good enough. I mean, I looked at their defence the other day. It was just, it was pretty poor. I mean, they've got some players on the bench coming through, but for whatever reason, he's, he's sticking to the tried and tested. Um, and to make matters worse, uh, Thibaut Courtois, I've um, seen on Twitter, 
said if we find out whoever leaked this, so I'm assuming he's referring to something to do with De Bruyne or whatever's been said, it will be his last day in the national team. So things are just popping off over there. It's it's really really gone gangbusters. Um, so I don't know if you boys want to add anything to that, but um, obviously some some big games coming up nonetheless. Um, Ghana versus Uruguay. That's going to be a big game. Just the context if uh, listeners out there um, unaware. You know, a couple of years ago, uh, I don't know if it was the 2014 World Cup, maybe 2018. I can't quite remember now. Um, but Suarez handballed it on the line. Ghana went to score the penalty, missed the penalty, went to extra time and lost on penalties. So um, Joe sent me before the show, just a listener, someone I work with. He sent me a bit of a, a bit of a conspiracy theory about about Ghana. So it has something to do with your boy, Michael uh, Darwin Nunes. So he said, it's the 2nd of December, Uruguay beating Ghana 2-1, set to qualify for the round of 16. Mohamed Kudus jumps highest to head home a corner in the 90th minute to equalize and send Ghana through. But Darwin Nunes repeats what Luis Suarez did in oh, 2010 and punches the ball clear on the line. Ghana missed the penalty and are out of the FIFA World Cup. All right, so what do you reckon about this one? Ghana got a chance, uh, Michael? Uh, yeah, of course they got a chance. Uh, the game hasn't started. Um, I have tuned in to both our Uruguay matches, uh, and they're, they're they're definitely not a, the side like Uruguay. Usually up and about in these competitions, and they always get around the sixteen, even the quarters a few years back. Um, but they don't look um, anything like it at the moment. Um, yeah, they got Darwin up front, but they're pairing him with either thirty-five-year-old Suarez or thirty-five-year-old Cavani. Um, like a sort of like a four-four-two, so those two strikers. He's got a lot of energy, but there's nothing else linking up there with him. Um, in the midfield, however, Valverde for them, um, he's been incredible. He, you see his celebration from the nil-nil when he had a tackle in the 90th, um, where he thought like he won the game. Uh, he's in incredible form for Real Madrid um, at the moment. Um, but you take him out, you got it's a similar issue, I think, to. Belgium, so you got got in at the back. He's he's past it. Um, Jimenez, he plays for Atletico, but uh, yeah, for me, there's not enough. There's not enough coming through, um, and not enough gelling for them. But saying that, only takes one goal, and I think with like how Argentinians play, they're ruthless. They can do anything. They they'll jump in front of a car to save their team, save their country. So they'll do anything to win, especially if they go one nil up. Very much a, a team in transition, I think. After you know years of of those really good players, um, Gareth, what do you reckon about Ghana versus Uruguay? So looking at the group, got Portugal up top, six points. Looks like they're probably through. Uh, Ghana, um, South Korea on a point. They obviously, you know, did pretty pretty well to come back the other day and get a point against Ghana. Um, oh, sorry. I think they won, didn't they? Um, and then Uruguay at the bottom. So what do you reckon? Yeah, it'll be interesting because I, I, I think obviously Portugal will win the game against South Korea. So obviously they'll go through as group winners on nine points. Um, I think they'll already be group winners anyway. Um, so, yeah, it could be whoever wins out of Uruguay and Ghana goes through as that team in second. Um, I really hope it's Ghana. I was just thinking then when we were saying about Uruguay, that they're like the Atletico Madrid of club football. I think that the way they play is is not very attractive. They've got the players like your Suarez's, Cavani's, uh, Darwin Nunes, who are just all a bit greasy. And if you're not a fan of their club, I don't think you particularly like them that much. Um, Valverde, 
Uh, he may as well be English because I think he's massively overhyped. I don't think he's that great. And then Godin, obviously, isn't getting any younger. Sebastian Quartes as well, a centre-half. He's woeful. Um, so, yeah, I really hope Garner go out. The only thing that I think might affect him um, is the emotional side, whether they'll go into the game too emotional and, and that will kind of play into Uruguay's hands with the, the diving and rolling around on the floor and, and trying to win it that way. So, yeah, we'll wait and see. And I might have to lock my doors to keep the Uruguayans out. <laughs> you're pretty you're pretty spot on there. I think Uruguay, that got that real South American dogginess about them. Really scrappy, just, just do whatever they have to do to win, whether it's dirty or, or not. Um, so, yeah, that'll be a really interesting one. Um, another team who who's through as well is Brazil. Um, Michael, do you reckon Neymar's ankle is a bit of a concern? I don't know if you've seen the photos online, but it yeah, looks like I've an absolute them. hot air balloon. Yeah, I, I think, he, like you say, the, the brand is South Americans. Um, they'll do anything to play football um, and they'll do anything for their country. I think Neymar, he always gets injured at these types of events, doesn't he? Um, he he's their poster boy. Um, he, when he was in Brazil, he actually had a decent tournament where he stayed relatively fit. But apart from that, every other big game, even for PSG, as soon as it starts getting to the business end of the tournaments, he picks up these injuries. Um, I don't know what that's about. (laughs) Yeah, there's always something about him. Um, He's obviously his exceptional player. I don't think he lived up to the hype that he thought he was going to. He went uh, left uh, Barca to go pretty much with a Ballon d'Or. Then next minute, his shadow follows him in Messi, which is pretty funny. (laughs) Um. But uh, no, I, I, well, even what touching on Gareth said before, having like Richarlison in the team that um, obviously the manager trusts him. He's, he's, got, he's turned into um, the Ronaldo sort of uh, those pictures of him uh, copy and paste with that haircut. Um, I think they've got enough and then enough uh, momentum at the moment to carry through. And uh, going back to the Neymar comment, I think he'll do whatever it takes, injections, um, taping up the foot, whatever it takes for him to get on the pitch. Um, they're that crazy. Um, and if that's a detriment to his football, when they come back post-World Cup, he'll do it. Do you think, um, and either of you can can add to this, but do you think he, he um, so Michael, you said he underachieved a little bit and maybe hasn't become what we all thought he would, would be after coming from Santos. Um, you know, do you think he was ever that third player behind Messi and Ronaldo or... You know, do do you think he just didn't never had the mentality to sort of reach those heights? Because I feel like he he could have been so much better. But you know, there's been I think there's been players that have been better than him personally, and I just feel like he he's had all the talent and maybe not wasted it, but he just ha- hasn't maximized yeah. it. I, I think he's got a high, higher ceiling than a lot of players in world football, uh, and I think they sort of compare him to Ronaldinho, especially um, having played for Barcelona. Um, the flair that comes with him. Um, and obviously, Ronaldinho uh, won Ballon d'Or. Uh, the thing with Neymar is, I think you're right with the mentality. Um, in himself, he thinks he's the best. But when the it, it gets tough, um, I don't think he has um, the mental strength to persevere and take himself to that next level, uh, which I think he's capped now. I, I don't think he can get any better um, uh, well, actually, I think it's sort of like Hazard. I think he's on the decline even now. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think as well, you know, <laughs> Mbappe rocks up 
Um, and then Messi rocks up a couple of years later. I think he probably regrets leaving Barcelona because that Barcelona Neymar was was something else. And but he was with that front three of you know Messi and Suarez as well. So who knows how much that played a part. Um, just moving on as well. It looks like Germany are probably going to get knocked out. So I'll get your thoughts in a second, Gareth. But just a stat here. Uh, they've only won one World Cup game since the 2014 World Cup final. Obviously managed to scrap a draw against Spain. But what's happened to Germany? I mean, they're usually a really reliable side, really good side. They, it's not like they've they've got a poor side or, or by any stretch of the imagination. They've got a really good team together. So what do you reckon, Gareth? Yeah, I think it's it's kind of similar a little bit to Belgium. You kind of look at their team and, and they're holding on to, you know, a lot of players. I think, obviously, Cruz isn't playing. He's, he's stepped down. Um, but I think if he wanted to, he still would have been there. Uh, you still see, like, you know, Thomas Mullers and stuff kind of, like, floating through. Um, I think it's, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's obviously hard to watch considering how good they have been, but I also enjoy it as well because they are public enemy number one in my eyes when it comes to football or the heartbreak that we've had against Germany. Um, but, yeah, look, they, they've obviously got some good young talent coming through. I think they're really lacking the winner centre-forward, though. I know you've kind of got, um, like, Havertz has kind of played there. Um, Gnabry Kotz kind of plays more to the left. And then, was it Fol- Folkrug, the one who scored the other day? Yeah, yep. yeah you know, that's the, probably the second time I've ever seen him play. Um, so, that, yeah, they're struggling a bit. Like, it's hard to see where the goals are going to come. Um, and, yeah, I think at the back they look kind of shaky as well. Obviously, Kimmich is, is world class. But I think other than him, I go through that team. Neuer, obviously, he ugh, he probably still is world class, but I don't think he's as good as what he was when they won the yeah. World Cup. So, yeah, I go through that team and I'm struggling to find players that are, are game changers. And I think that's probably why they're struggling so much. And it, it would be Germany to, to, to go through and then you can never count them out because they just know how to grind out results. But, yeah, I hope they go out. Yeah. Um, you mentioned Fulkrug there. It's a pretty pretty good story. He's played most of his, of his football in, in the second division in Germany and he seems to be doing quite well now. Um, in the lack of a sort of focal point for him. Um, kind of brings me on to the next question or, or next topic. Uh, some impressive players. For me, um, going back to Ghana as well, uh, Mohamed Kudus looks pretty good of Ajax. Um, he looks rapid. Uh, Ten Hag had some good comments about him only recently, said he could be anything. Uh, he's looking really good. Bruno Fernandes is looking really good, um, especially when Ronaldo's kind of not really hitting the score sheets frequently as he once would have. Um Cody Gakpo looks like he's going to join Manchester United in January as well. Michael will know him from uh, his ultimate team. Um, so, yeah, he, he's looking really good as well. So, uh, either of you got any players who've kind of stood out and caught, caught your eye so far in the group stages? I was going to say Gakpo for me. He's been quality. And, and if he does go, I, I know we're going to speak about the what certain teams want for Christmas and stuff like that. And my thing for United was going to be a, a new striker. So, if he goes to United... That could be a really, really good signing. I think he looks like he's got some real quality. So he's my uh, number one standout. And then Slabed Maguire, who's going to be player of the tournament. <laughs> drinks of vodka, he drinks the Jaeger. He said fucking massive. Uh, Michael, what about you? Um, yeah, uh, this is a similar player. So it was a Kudos. Like, uh, yeah, Kudos, from, yep. Yeah, it's like... Uh, well, he scores a he scores well a goal, and he's doing a bit well. And all of a sudden, he's heavily linked to Liverpool with reliable sources. 
Um, so things like that come out, don't they, in the World Cup? Um, yeah, th th there's going to be a transfer market happening straight after the World Cup, which is going to be really interesting. It's going to be fun to watch and fun to follow. Um, I don't know if these players don't tend to move after World Cup. I think that just raises their price and waits for the summer, then their business happens. Um, but otherwise, apart from those few that we spoke about, the rest of the people, um, yeah, it's about the same going. Yeah, and uh, just looking at the stats here as well, uh, Rashford, he's um he's joint top scorer in the in the World Cup so far. Uh, Gareth, do you reckon he should should be starting more for England? Because I saw something, I didn't see the game, but I heard he was actually he wasn't that good um, the other or last night. But you know, obviously scored two great goals. That free kick was really good. Seen him do that plenty of times. Um, and then obviously there was that ball that Phillips put over that you mentioned your player ratings for his second goal. Probably got a bit lucky there, but struck it well. Um, do you think he should be should be in that starting eleven? Uh, I I think he should. I think he's he's playing with with confidence at the moment. Um, and when you're in the World Cup, it's obviously a short period of time. If you've got a player who's playing with confidence, I think why not start him? Um, the only thing for me is if he wants to play Foden, say on the left, and then play Saka, I, I wouldn't mind that. Um, but obviously, I want Foden playing more centrally, so I, I wouldn't be too disheartened if if Foden's starting and not Rashford because I'd rather Sterling. But um, sorry, I'd rather Foden. Um, but I think the thing with Rashford for me is when when he plays and when he runs and when he's direct at players, it's when he's best. It's when he tries to slow the game down and kind of be more technical that I start to have questions. Even when that ball went over the top, I know uh, Danny Ward should have saved it. But it's just like, I just had a feeling he's going to score. He's going to score because he's running, he was direct and he brought it in. And then even over the free kick, he went to stand over the free kick first. I'm like, what's Rashford doing standing over the free kick? And I was like, actually, no way. I've, I've, he can take free kicks. And then yeah. lo and behold, he, he banged it in. So, yeah, it's good, it's good to see because obviously he was another one who's talked up so much. I think what he scored on his United debut when he was, what, 18. So everyone was raring on about him. So hopefully he can kick on. And, you know, if he starts next game, I'm sure he'll do well for us, but we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, maybe there's just too much competition uh, ahead of him. Um, in the chat, Gareth just said to me something about Ferrer and Torres. Uh, he's better than Alvarez, maybe at the World Cup, but I don't know if you can enlighten us on that, but that, that seems really confusing. No, I just... What the fuck? Talking about, <laughs> Go on, then. Talking about players that kind of impressed us, and obviously I watched the first game and Spain won 7-0, and I was like, geez, he's quality, is that? And then I was like, oh, it's Ferrer and Torres. And I was like, I almost forgot for a moment. I was like, where do I know him from? And I was like, oh, yeah, that's the one that City got rid of. So City have got a decent, you know, centre forward, like backup centre forward, as you say, or they're whinging because they didn't have a centre forward last year, yet they sold him. And then they just go and replace him with someone who's actually worse, which makes absolutely no sense. So I think he's impressed me and fair play to him. He leaves City for a team with history and that are a big club and, and seems to have brought the best out of him. So, yeah, good on him. What the fuck? You clearly did not watch Ferran Torres in Manchester City. He's a winger. He played up front because we didn't have any. Um, Alvarez, much better player for me long term, more clinical. Um, and then we've got the big the big Norwegian. Yeah, I can see Gareth fishing there. I heard it's uh, Phil Foden's uh, pastime. Maybe you can do it with the Stockport Iniesta one time, mate. Um, all righty. So we'll just move on. Anything else you want to add on the World Cup? Um, otherwise, we'll probably just move on and we'll, we'll do our Perth de la Prem predictions. We'll try and look at how the group stage is going to finish and, and some of the knockout stages for when it comes home. Nothing from me. Yeah, let's go. 
All right. So I'm going to get it up on the screen. I've just got to uh, rearrange the groups very quickly. I'll just get it on my computer there. All right. So uh, what have we got here? So Netherlands, Senegal are through. I think that is correct. Let me just check. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Okie dokie. All right. Hang on a sec. Yep. So Netherlands, Senegal, England, USA are through. Um, all right. So who are we going for this one? Because I, I reckon Poland will probably top the group. Either of you reckon anything different? I think Argentina will top. I think they'll beat Poland and I think they'll finish top. Okay. Michael, you reckon as well? Or Yeah, I, I agree with uh, Gareth. Okay. We'll move that one there. Um, Okie dokie. that group though? Can any of the others catch them up? Like let's say... Mex- I, I can't even remember that group. Oh, so Mexico. Okay, so any of those teams really can go through. So you got Poland four points, uh, Argentina three, Saudi Arabia three. So if Saudi Arabia win, um, Argentina lose or draw, then they can go through. And then yeah. if Argentina draw, Saudi Arabia lose. So obviously Mexico would have to win. They'd have to win by. Let me have a look here. Be, yeah, be Poland four. are on four points, Argentina and Saudi Arabia on three points, and Mexico on one point. Yeah, I think it's unlikely Mexico go through them. I think they have to win by four goals. So, yeah, um, yeah I think that's probably unlikely there. Um, so we'll just say, for the sake of it, Argentina and Poland. Um, Group D, I just had the order it was, but I, don't, I think Denmark's going to go through personally. Agreeing with that? No, I think Australia will... Uh, hold on. Um, Denmark, even though they've got the capability, um, they haven't shown it at all this tournament, and I don't think they'll come to play tonight. Okay. For me personally, I reckon if, if I'm a Denmark fan and you said to me at the start of the tournament, you've got to beat Australia to go through to the next round, I'd be buzzing with that because I'd be going, they're, they're bang average, 4-0 Denmark. But if you said they'd leave it to the last game to do it, I think the like, how's our tournament going? Put it tomorrow on TikTok when Australia get through. Let's do it. This is what I think um, of uh, of Australia. Absolute pants. <laughs> we are fucking shit. We are not good enough. Um, yeah, yeah, okay. There, there's all the possibilities. We've given ourselves... If you said to me at the start of the World Cup, right, that Australia had a chance on the last game there, they were second in the group, I probably would have oh, yeah. snapped your hand off. But 100%. In some ways, I, I don't know. This is pessimism. Pasaris at his finest, right? I, if we get through, I feel like it's going to make the state of Australian football look a lot better than it actually is, and I think a lot needs to change. So, in some ways, I kind of hope we don't go through because it's we need to really uh, sort some shit out there. Um, so, yeah, what are we going? Last, last one. So we're we going. Sorry, Denmark or Australia? I've, I've just lost, I've just lost my head there. Denmark. Okay. All right. Michael says Australia. All right. We we can we can play it out in both ways. So I think if um Australia go through, or or Denmark or whoever, they're gonna have to play either Poland or Argentina. So that that's that's um that's cur- that's curtains. Um. All right. So this one's a pretty funny group as well. I'm just having a quick look, quick, uh, quick glance. So Spain, um, four points at the top. Japan three, Costa Rica three, and uh, Adolf at the bottom. No, that's pretty bad. I shouldn't have said that. Um, what do we reckon about this one here? That's <laughs> shocking. Yeah, that was I had nothing else to say there. That is wild. <laughs> 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 
nuts. Yeah, the other day against Iran, you know, we were the, we were the best thing since sliced bread, you know, scoring. Fucking hell, Jack, really. <laughs> um, uh, Japan, Japan. I, I really hope Japan goes for it. I think everyone's seen them. Obviously, all their fans clean up. They're cleaning up. Yeah, what a country. Like, it's, just, it's just amazing to see. Um, yeah. Uh, if you listen to the Peter Crouch podcast, they touched on that a little bit parch-like, a little bit sucky-up behaviour. Um, but for me, it would be great to see an Asian team go through. Um, I think Japan, they play really, really good football as well. Yep. Um, I probably agree on that one. I just think, you know, they, they missed opportunity against Costa Rica the other day. Um, so you're going Japan as well, though, Michael? Who's, who, who are Japan versing the last game? Spain haven't they? So I think they'll probably need a draw. In yeah, if, if they've got Spain, um, yeah, I don't think they'll go through. Uh, well, then yeah. I think Costa Rica um, will go through with Spain, but in second. That is that is ridiculous. Like Costa Rica conceded seven goals in their first game. They've got a yeah. goal difference of negative six, and then if they they somehow scrap out a result against Germany, ridiculous. Yeah, it just screams oh. out to me, Spain win 1-0, Germany beat Costa Rica 1-0, and Germany go through it. Yeah. Okay. okay. Not king. All right, we'll just, we'll, just, we'll just go with that then, sure. That, that could go either way, though, which is, which is what you want to see, I think, at the World Cup. But, yeah, I hope Japan do go through as well. Um, next one here, this is an interesting one. Um, De Bruyne's bandits, not looking good. Um, Canada's out, so we'll leave them out. So it's a three-horse race, a bit like the Premier League. Um, Who's versing right. Canada, Mike? Do you have that? I think I it, it must be Morocco, yeah. Yes. Ooh, so, okay, so you're saying so Morocco, Morocco could win. Get, Morocco could get the points there. Yeah. I'm going Croatia and Morocco for me. I think, well, Morocco, I think Morocco will top the group. Morocco yeah, because... top the group and Croatia-Belgium draw. Good night, Belgium. See you later. Yeah, okay, easily happen. Easily happen. Woeful, so it won't happen, but we'll see. It would be nice get get rid of another bigger team, as you say. But these teams, like your Moroccos and stuff, they're going to be dangerous because you'd, you'd hate to go out to them, but you probably end up playing a little bit more defensively. Yeah, definitely. Um, any listeners out there? Um, give us your thoughts. What you reckon about how the groups are going to pan out? Obviously, most of these are kind of decided or or looking pretty um, inevitable. But, yeah, give us your thoughts um, as we head into the Group G here. So, um, Brazil, they they must – yeah, they're already through. Switzerland, three points here. Uh, Cameroon, a point. Serbia, a point. What do we reckon? I, I'm, I'm going Switzerland, Brazil. Yeah, same. But Switzerland's yeah, not been that good either, likely. really. Yeah. Um, okay, we'll leave that one. And the last one here. So, we got uh, – Portugal, Ghana, uh, Uruguay, Korea, Republic. I'm go. I'm just going as is now in that order. Yeah, I'm going to go Port a uh, uh, Uruguay to go second because I, I think they'll do whatever it takes to scrape a win. But that's not yeah, the so, table, is it? Because Uruguay are bottom at the moment. Uh, if they beat uh, yeah. Ghana, they're through. Yeah, but like they're bottom. I think Portugal. Yeah, on yeah. gold, I think. But yeah. I want Ghana. I think it's similar to the Japan thing. I'm probably my yeah. heart wants them to go through, but will they? Uh, this is another one where yeah, you could see Uruguay just scraping a result and, and going through because I think, yeah, Portugal will probably beat Korea yeah. Republic quite comfortably. But who knows? They, they might rest players. You never know. Okay. Um, all right. So we'll, we'll go with that. We'll just go with Uruguay. All right. So let's have a look. All right. Uh, 
Right, let's have a look here. Fixed turn radio. Uh, right, who are we going? Netherlands or the USA? I'm I'm going to go USA here. I reckon Netherlands have been absolutely horrid. Oh, I have to go Netherlands. Yeah, I would have to go the Netherlands as well. I think oh. USA they, they they try they try hard and they've got some good players. Obviously, I think Pulisic might be out as well. From what I read, he might not be playing, so I think he's going to be a big loss. Yeah, he's out. Um, so, yeah, for me, with him being out, I, I yeah, think Netherlands, especially with Gaffer, I think he'll score again. Okay. Uh, what score are we going? Just just for the sake of this, I don't think it works otherwise. 2 0? 1 0. Yeah. Happy 1 0. Memphis Depay. Nah, Gaffer. Oh, yeah, sorry. That, that bloke. Um, this could be a good one. Argentina, Denmark. What do we reckon? 3 2 8. Huh? Three two AET. After extra time, Michael. Yeah, Argentina. Yep. Okay. Spain and Croatia. Oh. Last chance saloon for uh, Modric. He's class on grass. That man. If you'd asked me before the last Croatia game, I would have said they wouldn't even be making it because I thought they looked terrible. Yeah. Game and they're an aging team, but. They played well in the last game, um, so again now it's a tough one. I still Spain. I still think Spain will win, one nil. Okay. Yeah, Michael. by goal. Yep. All right, one nil. Alrighty. Uh, let's have a look. So Brazil, Uruguay. I mean, that's Brazil for me. Yeah, easy yeah. three nil. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to literally think three nil. Three nil. Um, Senegal here. <laughs> you never know. Mendy might keep something out. Uh, England, yeah, two 0 I was, I was going to say, I can't obviously remember in my lifetime England going out to an African team in the World Cup. Not even, don't even know if we played many in, in knockouts. So, yeah, my my head says two 0 Heart says okay. we'll be losing eight eight two. Eight two. Is double hat trick? Uh, France, Poland. That's uh, France for me. Three yeah. four one. Okay, four one then. Nah, you go three now. That's okay. All right. Uh, Morocco, Germany. Morocco, three now. Because uh, it's a knockout, I think Germany will have the experience. Yeah, Germany on penalties. Yeah, they'll go three if if they ah. make it, which is a lot of. We're hoping for Morocco three now. That'd be great. Yeah, let's be honest. Um, all right, and then we got Portugal. I'm having a look here, Portugal or Switzerland? Portugal. Yep. Oh, that's some tasty ties there. Interesting uh, though, Switzerland, in my opinion, have I'd say in the top three goalkeepers in the World Cup. Jan Sommer is absolutely class. Yeah, he's a, he's a good keeper. He's he's probably gone under the radar a bit, but he's had had some good seasons in Germany with uh, Gladbach. Yeah, uh, what are we going, Michael? If we do our team in a tournament with different things, he's 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 my goalkeeper every day of the week. Yeah, keep an eye out for that. If you've been listening from the start, you've been with the the first Della Prem originals. Um, we're going to do a team of the tournament with only one player from each nation. I think so. Uh, credit to the gaffer <laughs> Gareth. There. Captain, um, Harry, captain. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what score? Uh, one nil, Raul Morelos. Oh no, I'm joking. Raul fucking Morelos. Jesus. Jesus. Okay. Fernandes. Um. All right. That's that. All right. Next ones. 
This is where it starts to get uh, really interesting. Uh, Netherlands, Argentina. Argentina for me, just 1-0, I reckon. Yeah, that's a, that's a tricky one. Yeah. Both shit. Uh, I, well, on, the, on this day, Messi can uh, take the game by himself. But if he they uh, cut him out, um, I don't think they've got enough. So I'm going to go Netherlands for this. I agree, Netherlands. I just more that I think I'd want them to win over Argentina rather than if they actually would. I just don't think that fairy tale with Messi is, is going to happen personally. No, uh, yeah. um, Spain, Brazil, that's where it gets tough as well. The favourites, Brazil. Brazil. Um, yeah, I, mean, I think Brazil too, but I don't think it's all going to be plain sailing for them. Where are yeah, we going? Brazil. I reckon Brazil, and I think I think they'll win on pen. So if you just put them as a win, whatever. I think they'll go for on penalty. Um, and there you go. Uh, England, France. I, mm, I reckon France. Uh, I, I could see France doing it. Yeah, I, I think, think England will win this, and then that will be their final. Yeah, I just I think it's playing someone like France will get in our head a bit. As much as I think we we could beat them. Yeah, they'll psych themselves up and they'll lose to yeah. Portugal in the next round I or just, something. No, nah, I, I think France would. I don't know. Honestly, I don't look. In, it's going to come back to bite me. But a lot, I like look at a lot of these teams, and I don't. They don't worry me like too much. I'm not saying we're amazing, but I don't think there's any team that stands that stood out and been absolutely fantastic. Obviously, Spain won seven 0 but then I thought they were average against Germany and Brazil. Yeah, they've won a couple and and Portugal, but I don't think there's any team that stood out. I've gone, wow, they're absolutely amazing. Um, so yeah, I think I but I think France, we just psych ourselves out. It's just England. Probably we'd go out on in extra time. And Bappe would be the difference. Okay. Uh Germany, Portugal. Portugal for me. Yeah, Portugal. Germany lucky to get that far in my opinion. Michael? Yeah, Portugal for me. Uh score? <sighs> Two one France. I reckon Portugal beat that. I don't think. Be... I don't think so. Not with the Ronaldo situation no, as well. No, it's so great. Everyone going, "Oh, Messi last tournament. Oh, well, he's going to win the World Cup." And then Portugal go and do it with Ronaldo. That would just imagine be the scenes. Um, I think. I think personally, Portugal would would have a better chance of winning the World Cup if they didn't start Ronaldo. That's probably a big call, but. Um, you know, I'm looking at players like Rafael Liao as well. You know, they're good enough to win it without him. I think they're probably better as a unit. But yeah, yeah. Well, like Portugal's last game, uh, Fernando's got a double. Uh, was a one was a, a pen, but uh, the first um, goal was like, like a cross to um, Ronaldo, who made a really good run, and he didn't get anything on it, and he just went in the back of the net because was on target. So I think if Ronaldo wasn't there making those runs, um, yeah. Um, even though on the score sheet it said Fernando's, I think it was Ronaldo's goal. Okie dokie. Fair enough. Um, all right. Brazil, Netherlands. I mean, if Netherlands get this far, I'd be surprised, but I'm going Brazil. Yeah, I agree with Brazil. Um, Michael? Yep. Cool. Score? 3 1. Could be anything. <laughs> yeah, All right, so we've gone a Brazil-France final. Uh, what do we reckon for this one? We're going with the favourites or France going to do it two times in a row? Uh, 
Mm. I just, do you know what I'm, I'm looking at? That. I actually don't think either of those two are going to end up winning it. I just, I think it's going to be someone completely different. But I, I think France, I think uh, Brazil defensively aren't fantastic, and Mbappe, he just looks like he's a, he's turning it on. And I think them going forward is is actually more worrying than what Brazil are going forward, in my opinion. Okay. Uh, has any team actually won the World Cup two times in a row? Not that I know of. Uh, so Spain, or was they won the two Euros in a row? Euros. Euros. Yeah, Euros. yeah and they won the World Cup in between or something. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. that's an interesting one. So maybe that would factor into my decision. Um, all right, we'll, we'll just go with France then. What, what score are we going? Oh, Pens. 1-1. One, one. Neymar and Richarlison to, to hit the losing penalty out of the stadium. Ooh, okay. All right. <laughs> it's going to be interesting. All right. So we've gone Brazil, France final, and France to win. Um, all righty, boys. So I reckon that probably probably wraps most of it up. Is there anything else that's kind of you want to talk about before we do wrap things up? Anything else uh, you're looking forward to? Um, I'm about to go for a, for a quick kip. Um, get up at 11. And uh, hopefully it's not over by 45. It's interesting you say that going for a quick nap because obviously I'm heartbroken because I completely didn't realise that all these games obviously now have changed. So I think the earliest game for us here in Australia is 11pm. I was really enjoying those 6pm games because I was watching them all. And yeah, for me, with the newborn, getting to 11pm, even to wake back up, no chance. So I'm sorry, Australia. I'll I'll be there with you in spirit. I'm I'm childless and uh, I think I'm going to struggle to be honest. Um, I think I think I can see it in all of our eyes here right now. You can tell it's week eight of the school <laughs> term. I'm I'm absolutely shattered. I don't even have a child, so uh, I got no sympathy from you two. Michael, anything else you want to add, mate? <laughs> no, I'm sleeping on the couch. You get up for it, so I can't dis- disturb <laughs> the other one. Uh, um, all my family. Uh, but yeah, that's the downside of being. Uh, living in australia unfortunately um yeah no i i think if australia go two nil down around half time i'm going to get some sleep in yeah i think me too um i think yeah gareth you mentioned as well i think it's just been nice you know coming home from work like get get dinner sorted just sit on the couch watch watch some world cup games six o'clock they finish at a reasonable time um, easy to consume but now yeah i've, I've kind of missed the last few games because it started i don't think there's any more six o'clock games uh, Australian time. So they're all late, maybe catered to the European um, fans and American fans possibly as well. So uh, yeah, I think I think that'll wrap things up. Um, it's good to be to be back again, obviously doing the live stream. Thanks for everyone who, who put in the comments. Um, been listening to the Perth Delaprem podcast. This is your host, Mike. I've been joined by Michael and Gareth. Enjoyable as always. Uh, make sure you check out all our social media on Linktree, linktr.ee forward slash Perth Delaprem. Uh, if you did miss this um, or miss part of this live stream, you can listen to it as a full podcast episode and we'll upload that on your preferred podcasting platforms such as Spotify, SoundCloud, Acast um, and Apple Podcast. Uh, until next time, thanks for listening to the Perth Delaprem podcast. Good evening.